Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning and welcome to Be Not Afraid here on Iowa Catholic Radio. I'm Father P.J. McManus, uh, in today without Father Fabian, but uh, I think we'll manage together so long as we can begin and pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who have commanded us to listen to your own beloved Son, be pleased, we pray, to nourish us inwardly by your word, that with spiritual sight made pure, we may rejoice to behold your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and who reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. So in for Father Fabian, or with me, in any case, is Deacon Tony Valdez. Good morning, Deacon. Good morning, Father. How are you? I am very, very well. Now, apart from... um, your work here at Iowa Catholic Radio, you do some other stuff too. Where is most of your, your, your diaconal work completed? It's at Christ the King. I've been there for, what, eight years now? Gosh, time flies. So my ministry consists of uh, helping divorced people, um, just giving them help and advice as they struggle through the divorce, trying to get their feet back on the ground, f- try helping them find out that, uh, you know, it happens to a lot of people and there's just a lot of confusion out there. And we just try to heal those wounds for them and uh, welcome, let them know that they're still welcome in the church. Yeah, it's it's very, very important work. And I'm very, very grateful for what you and, and, and your wife, Eileen, are able to do for us. Um, and of course, you have important liturgical ministry at Christ the King, too. Um, what I wanted to discuss today, Deacon Tony, uh, are, are some of the rights peculiar to Lent um, that, uh, that happen concerning uh, the RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, or the soon-to-be uh, more properly termed OCIA, the Order of Christian Initiation of Adults. Um, this is the way that, that grown-ups come into the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. um, especially those who need to be baptized, but also the way that we receive uh, adults from other, other Christian communities. What has your experience been of RCIA in the past? My experience is not so much involved, but I I know of the process. Actually, this might be a good learning experience for me to find out more about the steps and uh, the procedures that they, the the catechumens go through. Uh, I know there are different levels of their uh, progression along the lines, and uh, so I'm anxious to find out. That's right. So, so the RCIA is divided into a series of stages. The idea here, friends, is that um, in, our, in our own journey of faith, and this is true for those of us that were baptized as infants or sometime slightly later in childhood or, or those of us that come into the church later on in life, um, that faith doesn't come all at once, right? Uh-huh. It's seldom simply a lightning bolt moment. And even when we have lightning bolt moments, we need to be able to kind of kind of lean into or grow into what we're doing. And so, um, so the, 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 the church talks about the, the period of evangelization. Sometimes we even talk about pre-evangelization, which is the kind of the more passive part where people are just sort of in a culture and learning, in, at least in a vague sense, right and wrong and, and, and developing um, basic attitudes and dispositions. But, 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 but the first period is known as the pre-catechumenate or the period of evangelization. And this is where we initially are simply trying to, 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 to introduce people to Christ to facilitate some kind of an encounter with him through the church, um, and to answer the the more basic kind of questions. Um, Oftentimes, people spend a lot of time in this period, right? There's no, like, defined limit to it. 
sometimes it's a few weeks, sometimes it's a few years, right? Uh -huh. it, it can vary pretty wildly. Um, but the first formal step is when one is accepted into the order of catechumens. Now, in the um, in the Catholic Church uh, in, the, in the West today, we, we reserve that word catechumen uh, for its most proper proper use, which is people who have not been baptized. Uh, there are other uh, other traditions that use the word catechumen for anybody who's joining. That that really kind of makes things confusing. We distinguish very clearly between catechumens, which are those persons who have not yet been baptized and candidates, which are people that have been baptized in some other tradition but are being received into full communion in the church. So this first step doesn't exactly happen the same way for those that you know might be Lutherans or Methodists or something like that. Okay. Um, uh, one is accepted into the order of catechumens, and that can happen at any time. Uh, it's really discerned very closely between the individual and whoever's in charge of initiation at, at that particular parish. And of course, the pastor should have some role in that too. The person is, is brought into the catechumenate um, and they remain there for some meaningful period of time, often in our part of the world. This happens sometime in the fall. And then the rite of election, which we've just celebrated here in Des Moines uh, this past Sunday at St. Francis and, uh, and as well as in Council Bluffs, um, that that's marks the rite of election, where the catechumens are now elected. That doesn't mean like um, voted on, but rather chosen, uh -huh. um, chosen uh, by God through the bishop uh, for, for the Easter sacraments. Um, what follows then is called the period of purification and enlightenment. That's what we're in during Great Lent. Um, and uh, and that's really where um, where things kind of become hard and heavy. Do the candidates achieve a certain level uh, that allows them to go on, or is there a certain criteria that they have so, to meet? So, so you know what 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 the books tell us to look for are um, are evidence of authentic initial conversion, right? So, that, so that this can't simply be. You know, a person might show up at, at, at an RCIA class because they're, um, they're getting married uh, to a Catholic and they, they think this is better for the family. Or a person might show up because they have an interest in the church, but they're not really sure. Mm -hmm. In order to move on, a person would need to show evidence of something more, that this is becoming personal and really theirs. And, and what this leads ultimately to is the, the kind of the final stage, which is the one we're all in, which is the celebration of the, the of the mysteries of initiation themselves, of of what it means to be a baptized, confirmed, and communicated Christian, um, and, and and to live in what the documents call mystagogy, uh, this this uh, a lifelong process of unbreaking the mysteries which we've received. We'll break open those more together when we come back from the break here on Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Ali Colleen. Give myself Sunday, July 24th at the Iowa Event Center Ballroom. I'm in between. Tickets and information available at celebratecountry.org. Sponsored by Ball Team. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Established in Des Moines in 1924, St. Vincent de Paul assists those living in poverty to become self-sufficient by helping to remove roadblocks on their journey out of poverty. St. Vincent de Paul helps with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner reentry. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul, svdpdsm.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. 
and neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That is why those who share that spirit understand one another so readily. To try to teach people about Christ and the mysteries of our holy faith is almost like trying to teach a blind man color, unless those people are ready to receive the spirit of Christ himself. Now converts who take instruction come to know that Jesus is our Lord. Where do they learn it? From the spirit. The Holy Spirit woos the soul, draws it to a closer fellowship, to a more intimate union, becomes our sanctifier, just as the Father is our creator and the Son is our redeemer. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Mercy College of Health Sciences. mchs.edu. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid here on Iowa Catholic Radio, Father P.J. McManus and Deacon Tony Valdez. What we're discussing this morning, Deacon, right, um, are, 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 the, peri- are the, the rites of initiation or the rites attached to Christian initiation that we celebrate during Lent. And when we, when we broke before, we said, you know, people are, are accepted into the catechumenate sometime earlier on. And then when, um, when the RCIA director and the pastor and the individuals who want to be received have, have discerned they're ready, this is the year that they, they're received into the church. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we just celebrated the right of election, which is where, you know, we sort of decision time for that person um, uh, this past Sunday out at Christ the King or at, uh, out at St. Francis of Assisi. That's celebrated by the bishop or, or sometimes by uh, one who's been delegated very directly by him. And the reason for that is, you know, um, for those of us that are initiated uh, as children, right, we're, we're typically baptized by a deacon or a priest at, 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 you know, in our home parish or whatever, and then we're confirmed by the bishop. The bishop doesn't confirm uh, all of the people that are being received as adults, but this allows the bishop to be personally and directly involved in the initiation of everybody who comes into the church in his diocese um, by the act of the right of election. Uh, it, what it really uh, is meant to do, most of us have seen the baptism of an infant. Um, the, it, it's really all the rights, the introductory rights of the right of baptism are what the right of election really is, but for grownups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we say to the parents, what name do you give your child? Well, here we write down the people's names in a book, right? And so, so, so it's a way of marking out, of electing, of selecting people um, for the sacraments themselves. But during, during the, the, the height of the Lenten season, the church turns our minds to the scrutiny. And this word scrutiny comes uh, from an old Latin and an older Greek word that literally means garbage picker. So the idea is that uh, just like garbage pickers, even today, go through the trash and try and find sort of the treasure amidst the dross. So, so, so what the, 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 the priest who's charged with um, these rites winds up doing is he's, he's helping probe the spirit of the one who wants to be received mm-hmm. to, to, to be able to identify what needs let go of and what, what really needs to be retained. Deacon, in your own uh, ministry, especially maybe with uh, the, the, the divorced and, and, and um, sort of bereaved, um, where do you see this sort of scrutinizing going on, the picking apart and, and letting go? The, the picking apart is when the person who's, who is, we're talking to might 
think that it's all on me. It's it's all my fault. And uh, or they may see that, well, this is where he was, you know, or she was at fault. And um, but those things have to they have to work their way through them to 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 move on. If they hold on to them too long, you know, that's just well, I could never forgive him or her for what they've done. And that's that's not healthy. It's just going to prolong the process of them healing. The same sort of thing is true for all of those who, who come to faith and, and are coming into the church. We've all got baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the old line, right? Everybody's got issues. Some got subscriptions. Well, if you have subscriptions, <laughs> now is the time to cancel them, right? That, that, it's, it's not like your issues are going to stop, but we need to be able to name and really claim some of those things uh, that, um, that, that are spiritual obstacles for us. Um, and so, so, so what the scrutinies are designed to do are to help raise some of those to the, to the surface. The structure of the rites are the same, right? Um, so there are three scrutinies that take place on the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of Lent. And what happens is um, it's it sort of rolled into the intercessions, uh, the, the, the universal prayers of the Mass. After the homily, the, 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 the priest celebrant, um, uh, you know, will invite prayer for, um, for the catechumens, um, and, and the petitions are specifically directed to them. Um, things like this, you know, that they might sincerely reject everything in their lives displeasing and contrary to Christ, that the Holy Spirit who searches every heart may help them to overcome their weakness by his own power, that the same Spirit might teach them to know the things of God and how to please him. So, so it's really probing by prayer those deepest kind of concerns. And then there's always a prayer of exorcism. This is not like pea soup spitting, right, sort of stuff. But right. it's, it's recognizing <laughs> that the spirit of evil lives inside each of us and, and has a certain effect on all of our lives. And that especially for those of us who are not yet baptized, that we, like, we got work to do here. And so it's a, a prayer of exorcism is invoked, which references the gospel of the day, right? So, so during the scrutinies, um, the, the mass readings change. So um, we always have the, 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 the gospel of the woman at the well, um, the gospel of the, the, the man blind from birth, and then the gospel of, um, of the transfiguration. And so, so the prayers would be something like, you know, God, you sent your son to be our savior. Grant these catechumens like the woman of Samaria thirst for living water might turn to the Lord as they hear his word and acknowledge the sins and weaknesses that weigh them down. It's, it's that sort of move. After the exorcism, there's a laying on of hands um, and then uh, another prayer, again, drawn sort of from the, the gospel text of the day. And finally, a prayer over all of the elects together, which then is designed to sort of send them forth. One thing that I think is just worth our listeners thinking about um, is that for, for much of the church's history, and certainly in the early church, um, visitors, non, non-Catholics, uh, non-communicants, and certainly non-Catholics, um, wouldn't stay beyond the, the homily. Um, and, and that was by design, uh, partly because the most sacred things were meant to be kept private, um, but, but partly for safety's sake, because during times of persecution, people would then report on what we were doing. And so, um, and, and so the scrutinies, which are laid out in this way, um, all kind of climax with the sending forth of the people from the assembly. Now, in many places today, that part doesn't happen because there's nowhere to send them to or because we lack the facilities or whatever. But I, I think that's worth thinking about, especially when we have conversations around welcome, um, our notion of welcome is uh, is comfort, right? To make everybody feel very comfortable in a particular place. Um, but there is a sense in which welcome sometimes does mean saying, um, this is not for you, or this is not for you yet, but it could be. And, and here's the great thing you can have if we're willing to work together. 
does the candidate sometime find themselves at a point where I don't think this is for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so it's a discerning process. It's a discernment. It's a communal discernment that especially can happen during this period. Sometimes this is the point where somebody will pump the brakes and say, wait, wait, either I have more work to do or I need to be more sure about this before I make the commitment. Mm-hmm. Be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Ali Colleen. Sunday, July 24th at the Iowa Event Center Ballroom. I'm in between. Tickets and information available at celebratecountry.org. Sponsored by Ball Team. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarah strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsara.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Savage Power. At Intervisions Healthcare, we see patients with unplanned pregnancies from ages 12 to 43. An unplanned pregnancy is traumatic at any age. For that reason, we specialize in educating, encouraging, and empowering vulnerable and at-risk mothers facing an unexpected pregnancy with the medical information and services necessary for them to make an informed decision. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support our mission or become a volunteer, visit IVHcare.org. Amazon Smile is a simple way to support Iowa Catholic Radio. When you are shopping on Amazon, consider shopping through Amazon Smile instead. You get all the same great deals, and your order will also help support Iowa Catholic Radio. All you need to do is choose Iowa Catholic Radio as your nonprofit to support when you first log in, and Amazon will do the rest. Every Amazon Smile order you make, Amazon will donate to Iowa Catholic Radio. Support Iowa Catholic Radio while you shop at smile.amazon.com. And thank you for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father PJ here with Deacon Tony. I first have a, an erratum. I need, I need to correct myself. I was going too fast in the last segment. Um, the, the, the readings that are attached to the scrutinies are the woman at the well, the blind man, and the raising of Lazarus. The Gospel of the Transfiguration comes this Sunday, which we'll be hitting here in just a couple of minutes. But before mm-hmm. that, I want to say a word about one other rite. So the scrutinies are done typically at Sunday Mass. So depending on which Mass you go to, you might just walk into this by accident, right? Just a, a regular person in the pew. But there are two other things that happen that don't typically happen at, at Sunday Mass, um, but that are important rituals in the, in, in the church's life and that really point to this, um, the growing nature of our, uh, of our faith. Um, and, and, and these are two presentations, the presentation of the creed, which happens um, during the third week of Lent, and the presentation of the Lord's Prayer, which happens the fifth week of Lent. Now, this might sound really dumb in as much as, um, you know, when we're just teaching the faith in a basic way, we often use the creed as our kind of launching off point, right? Uh-huh. Um, and the Lord's Prayer is probably the best known prayer in the world, not only amongst Christians, but all kinds of people, right? Um, but, but these prayers are significant, and the handing on of them directly to those to be received into the church is important because the, the, the Latin word for handing on is tradition, Oh. 
And so, cool. so, so, sure. so, so, the, so the individual coming into the church now becomes a part of the tradition because they have been handed what has been handed on to us. Um, the, the, the mystery of the Lord's life, death, and resurrection, and especially these two fundamental um, expressions of the faith, the creed and the Lord's prayer. And so um, I, I simply encourage, uh, you know, our listeners, um, we all recite the Lord's prayer probably every day and the creed at least once a week. Take some time with this, like, take some time this Lent and really go back and read over, look over, pray over the Lord's Prayer, or or just Google presentation of the creed or presentation of the Lord's Prayer and see what this, this ritual looks like yourselves. Or even ask your, your parish priest or your RCA director if you can sort of sneak into the to, to the rites when they're doing them with your own uh, catechumens, because um, this really can bear great spiritual fruit in each of our lives. I want to turn our attention now briefly here, Deacon Tony, and this, this might be like, you know, pre-homily prep for you or something, um, uh, to the gospel for the weekend. Um, uh, so so um, what we're looking at here uh, is the gospel of uh, the transfiguration. Um, and as we're in, uh, you know, the, the year of St. Luke, this is St. Luke's own account. Jesus took Peter and James and John and went up the mountain to pray. And when he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by them, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. And while he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them. And they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud, a voice came and said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. And after the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone of what they had seen. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So, Tony, um, as you encountered the gospel of the transfiguration, something I know you've read many, many times as, as a deacon and likely preached on too, what strikes you most, and why do you think the church gives us this at, at, at this time, um, which otherwise is so somber and not so glorious? Maybe it's something to look forward to, that uh, the Jesus is in his full glory. And, uh, uh, you know, this is something that uh, I don't believe James and uh, Peter were accustomed to, to grasping yet. So to see him in his full glory, it's like, this is heaven right here on earth. Let's not even leave. Let's put three tents up and, and stay here forever. Yeah. So the, 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 yeah, the sort of stay there together thing, right? We'll, we'll talk about this, especially, right, sort of in retreat world. We'll use the language of a mountaintop experience when we're on a retreat and then sort of sadly say, well, but we got to go down the mountain. Well, yeah. uh, you know, on some level, um, you can't live on a mountain all the time. Even mountain people don't exactly do that. Um, but what you but what you can do is you can take the fruits of the experience that you had on that mountain mm-hmm. and change the way you are down below. One thing I find uh, fascinating is that um, you know in in the West, uh, more churches, more uh, monasteries, more religious houses are named under the title of the Blessed Virgin, with any number of titles, right? Our Lady of wherever, than anything else, right? But in the Christian East, the most common name for a monastery, for a religious house, is Mount Tabor. 
mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. holy transfiguration. Mount Tabor being the mountain uh, upon which this traditionally happened. Right. And, and and I and I think that's very very important. That every one of us needs in our lives a place that we can go to encounter the Lord deliberately, to hopefully catch a glimpse of His glory, so that as we come back down to our regular lives, we've got kind of meat to work with. Tony, where do you think people can catch a glimpse of the Lord's glory this Lent? Um, Through reading the scriptures and and coming to Mass. And and, um, even the Eucharistic adoration is a Mm -hmm. great place to do it because... There, you can lose yourself in God's arms and and be physically and mentally transported to the higher ground. You know, it's not an accident, right, that, that when we have adoration, the Blessed Sacrament is elevated, that the, 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 the monstrance or the tabernacle is typically at the highest point in the church. In fact, um, the, the kind of thrones that have historically been made for monstrances to kind of elevate them up, they're actually called a tabor. Precisely oh, okay. because sure. of this, right? Um, I, I, great advice, friends. Uh, listen to Deacon Tony and, 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 and bring your Bible with you to adoration and encounter the Lord in his word and in his sacrament. That's bringing us to a close today here on Be Not Afraid. But friends, we certainly do wish you and your families the best of lens. Pray for our catechumens and candidates as they are in their last weeks um, and receive the graces necessary for, for true conversion and full communion with the Catholic Church. And pray that each one of us this Easter might receive the Lord as, as a convert with that first fervor which can change the world. And may Almighty God be with us, upon us, and remain amongst us forever, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists.